Hello, I'm your host Shanita Marie and welcome back to Hidden Singles, the commentary edition. We are officially on another holiday weekend and I hope that everyone will take the opportunity to enjoy your 4th of July celebrations, but in a safe manner. We are still heavily engrossed in this pandemic and it is crucial that everyone stays safe. But now that this is officially the second commentary episode, today I'm going to dive a little deeper into the aphrodisiac discussion by none other than the incomparable Brandy and share tidbits and current news about what's new and upcoming for the vocal Bible. But if you haven't gotten the chance to listen to the second podcast episode where I break down the hidden singles from this album and hear the hidden gems, check it out now on Spotify under Hidden Singles or at anchor.fm slash Shanita Marie, and make sure you select episode number two. So I'm a person that believes in divine timing, and it couldn't have been a better week to release this commentary podcast episode for this album than this week. Aphrodisiac was released 17 years ago this past week on June 28th, 2004. The singer herself reshared posts about the album turning 17 a few days ago while also shouting out one of the most memorable songs called Necessary, which I absolutely love. You have to hear it if you haven't heard it. Aphrodisiac is nothing short of a classic R&B album. I don't even want to argue with anyone. It is what it is. <laughs> Brandy honestly sounded her most liberated on this project up until the release of B7 last year. Many fans and critics alike credit this album as one of the best albums Brandy has ever released and the sounds that she created along with the super producers that helped her with this project inspired many singers after her. And you know, I'm gonna talk a little bit about that coming up. So going back into the time machine during its commercial release, Aphrodisiac only spawned three official singles. Her most popular single from the album was Talk About Our Love featuring Kanye West. According to Billboard.com, Aphrodisiac as a whole stayed on the charts for 20 weeks and peaked at number four on July 16, 2004. Her single, Talk About Our Love with Kanye, peaked at number 16 on June 11, 2004. But before we get more into the facts about this album, its influence, the singles that I chose as the hidden gems, and what's next for the singer, let's take a short break and I'll be right back to continue. Welcome back from the brief break. When I think about the beauty and the artistry found on this album, it amazes me that her musical mind and performance were so far ahead of their time. You feel this concept throughout the album when you listen and 17 years later, quite frankly, nothing compares. I'm sure that it has been a conscious effort on her part to make timeless music, but it seems effortless. I mean, she is the vocal Bible. And the sounds from the hidden singles that I chose in episode two could without question be played on the radio today. So going back to the influence of the album, while I was reviewing some more tea during the era of Aphrodisiac, I came across some articles that discussed various singers that were influenced by the album and just Brandy in general during this era. Some of those singers included Jojo and Rihanna. In an interview, Rihanna stated that she drew inspiration from Aphrodisiac for her third project, Good Girl Gone Bad. She ultimately wanted to emulate the experience that Brandy created in making songs that were, her quote, unskippable. Singer Jojo shared the same sentiments with stating that Brandy's talents and contributions to music were just simply undeniable. And you know, it's pretty much the truth. <laughs> so a little more tea about the impact of Aphrodisiac can be found in the awards that she was nominated for and received during this era. Brandy won a BMI Urban Award, a MOBO Award, and was nominated for a Grammy, a Billboard Music Award, MTV Award, and Soul Train Awards, all for Aphrodisiac. 
So it's clear, even though that she didn't have a lot of singles that came from this project, it's clear that her peers respected her um, enough for the nominations. And, you know, even though she didn't win all of the categories, she did take home some, some trophy and some hardware for this project. But I think it should have been more. I mean, call me biased, but it seems like it's always the case when discussing the Music Academy nomination process. We've seen time and time again where artists have not received the recognition that they deserve. And, you know, it's time for that to change. That's just all I'll say on it. Now, when I did the original podcast episode for this album, I picked three tracks that I felt were genuine hidden singles from the project. The first track was called I Tried. I Tried is the fifth track on the album. It was written by songwriters Candace Nelson, Chris Martin, Guy Berryman, John Bucklin, Steve Harris, Timbaland, Walter Millsap III, who also goes by DJ Walt, and William Allen Champion, according to Discogs.com. Perhaps one of the most unique parts that I love about this song was the ongoing riff that you hear throughout the song. And if you're like me, you kind of want to know where did this originate from? So when I was reading the credits, I realized that this was a sample. And this sample was from a song called The Klansman by an English heavy metal rock group called Iron Maiden. The other beautiful element of the track was the string arrangements arranged by the legendary Larry Gold, whose musical arrangement contributions can be found across hundreds of music genres. In terms of Brandy's voice on this song, I fell in love with the raspy and often vulnerable tone she presented while singing on this album cut. I'm just a huge fan of when Brandy embraces her raspy range because not very many people can make it sound artfully beautiful as she does, but that's why she's considered the vocal bible. There's not a range of tone placement she can't conquer. You can't convince me otherwise. <laughs> so if you haven't heard this song or would like to go back and experience it, I recommend joining the other 1,438,633 other stream plays <laughs> currently counted towards this track. Before I completely get off the discussion of I Tried, I would like to bring up a lovely interview that I found where one of the writers from the project, Candace Nelson, who I mentioned just a few minutes ago, discussed several songs that she helped to pin on Aphrodisiac. If you want to check out the article in full featuring Candace Nelson's commentary, you can check it out on youknowigotsoul.com and it will be an album review conversation completed on March 25th, 2013. The title of the article is Songwriter Candace Nelson Reveals Inspiration Behind Brandy's Aphrodisiac Album Exclusive Interview. And one thing that sparks my fascination with this song, I must say, was her mention of the group Coldplay in the early lyrics of the song. The songwriter credits that she had been listening to Coldplay's Parachute album and that she drew inspiration from them along with Timbaland's melody and beat. When you pair personal experiences, hot tunes, and angelic voices, aka the vocal bible, you have a hit. End of discussion. <laughs> So segueing into the next hidden single record I chose was Where You Wanna Be. I remember the first time I heard this song in the car, I was floored. This song feels like a music track that can be played on any radio station or platform today. Harold Lilly and Kanye West wrote Where You Wanna Be and it falls as the next track after I Tried as song number six. The song features a surprise bridge rap from rapper T.I., who at the time was gearing up to release his third album called Urban Legend later that year. So usually a great song often samples or draws inspiration from other great songs. And according to the album credits and discogs.com, Where You Wanna Be samples songs Jesse, 
by Roberta Flack from the 1973 album Killing Me Softly, which sidebar, by the way, if you didn't know, and you probably do know, but just in case you didn't know, it was covered famously by the Fugees 23 years later in 1996. But anyway, getting back to the discussion at hand, the other song was a remastered version of Flack's song sung by Janice Ian. Jesse" by Roberta Flack peaked at number 30 on the Billboard charts on October 26, 1973. Where You Wanna Be is sitting at 652,666 streaming plays on Spotify at the time of this recording. And I can promise you, once you listen, you will be hooked. In particular, in the song, you can hear the vulnerability the most from the singer, and her vocals are so soothing and melodic, just to pose with the beat and the vibe of the West produced track. And lastly, who doesn't love an excellent string arrangement on an R&B song? <laughs> so before I discuss the final song and provide updates on Miss Norwood's latest projects, let's take a quick break. Welcome back. I reviewed my top two hidden singles from Aphrodisiac, but just like on the regular edition of the Hidden Singles podcast, I always try to feature a third hidden single. In my opinion, How I Feel is that third option. How I Feel is track number 14 on the album. The sultriness of the song shows the clear distinction of Brandy's transition from childhood songstress to bona fide grown woman declaring her stance on a one-sided relationship. <laughs> the song was written by Candace Nelson, Eric Walls, and Walter Millsap III, who also produced this seductive tune. The story and emotion that Brandy presents in this song makes you wonder how could anyone neglect the singer of the love and attention she deserves? I mean, I know it's possible, but it's not right. <laughs> and as I mentioned earlier in the other podcast episode, How I Feel gives me that ballad fix I need from Brandy's musical collection. The song presently sits at 513,454 streams as of this recording on Spotify, and I need everyone to run them up higher. From the interview I referenced earlier with songwriter Candace Nelson, she shared her memories of creating this hit and single gem. Quote, with that record, I had the music and it just felt like a no-brainer. It was like, this is so great and so R&B right now. Now that I've completed the hidden single recaps, it's time to go over some current and upcoming projects for Brandy. Since last year's release of B7, which is also on the cusp of a year anniversary, Brandy has been booked and busy, honey. Everyone witnessed the historic versus battle with the singer and the award show she performed last year. But since the turn of 2021, Brandy's performance catalog has been highly celebrated. Known as the first black Cinderella, Brandy's 1997 film classic gained a resurgence of interest with the project being released on Disney+. Plus, With the re-release of Cinderella featuring Brandy and the late great queen of pop, Whitney Houston, the singer has had the opportunity to record what has been dubbed the Disney Princess Anthem starting now. And just as the inspirational anthem suggests of new beginnings and becoming your better self, Brandy's musical takeover is just beginning again. Several singers and producers have been spotted with the songstress, and as of the recording of this podcast, Brandy has had a few songs and music videos set to be released this month. And lastly, one of Brandy's dream roles is about to hit the primetime screen with the new ABC show called Queens, in which the singer will play a character by the name of Naomi, aka, wait for it, explicit lyrics. 
<laughs> I am just ready to see how this is going to play out because Brandy has played a lot of versatile characters in the past from her starring on Moesha as a child and transitioning into more of a edgier adult side with her role on the game and then also on the show that just ended a few years ago, Star where she played a gangster and she was pretty believable. So it's going to be interesting to see what her character is going to do on this show. The other actresses and performers from the show recently sat down with Essence during its first weekend of the 2021 Essence Festival, where they shared excitement plus news about the soon to be hit show airing in the fall. I'm already putting it out there in the universe. This is going to be a hit. The entire interview can be found on YouTube at First Look Queens presented by ABC with Essence. Alright, that's it for this Hidden Singles Commentary Podcast edition. Stay tuned for more episodes coming up soon and the launch of my podcast website for the show. On the site, you will get the opportunity to catch up on previous episodes and more content to be announced soon. Since the anniversary of Aphrodisiac just passed, go back and celebrate its release week by streaming the album on Spotify. As always, please make sure you support your favorite artists by streaming and supporting their work and creative endeavors. I hope you have a safe holiday weekend and until the next Hidden Singles episode, happy streaming.